Like, if I have hairy legs, I'm unfuckable. If I say, ow, I'm unfuckable. If I say I don't want to fuck, I'm unfuckable. Like, they're, like if I do anything wrong, mm. I'm unfuckable. Meanwhile, you do anything right, you are so, so extremely fuckable. It's, like, mind-blowing. It's unfair. It's so unfair. <laughs> It's very unfair. I Thank should you. not. That's all I, that's all I want to hear is that it's unfair and that you believe me. I was out with a guy. Rape culture came up and all he did was agree with me and I blew him. I just, it was the hottest thing to be believed. And then he got to have a blowjob. Did he go down on me? No. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Man Or Podcast. Shout out to all you sexy succubi, nasty nymphs, and YOLO unicorns. This is Billy Proceda, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Woo! Football is back. So as usual, I'm spending my Sunday evening sad about the Jets. Glad that some things never change. Am I glad? Not at all. I really thought this year was going to be different. My relationship with the New York Jets really is one of these delusional uh, will they or won't they on again, off again relationships. Gosh, where have I been in one of those before? Hi, everybody. This week on the podcast, I have got on humorist Alyssa Bassist. She's got a new book out we're going to tell you about. This is a dope conversation. I had so much fun with Alyssa. I had to sit on this recording for weeks because we recorded it last month, but... uh. And I was really bummed because I was like, I want to share it with them now. It's so good. <laughs> Cannot wait to share this one with y'all in a little bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates. I mean, this Friday night, I don't even know if you can get tickets anymore because I'm pretty sure we are sold out for this Friday's naked comedy show at Hacienda. I'm thinking your best bet is to make sure you are on my email list at manwhorepod.com. Get on the mailing list so that way you don't miss out when we sell tickets for next month's show. Pretty sure we're going to have a show again next month. They seem pretty happy. Another date, not a show date, but folks, ooh, ouch, spicy. Ah, ah, anybody got some ice? Hey, we have a hot movie night coming up. Soon, next week, actually, Thursday, September 22nd, at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we are doing another hot movie night in the Champagne Room. These have been super fun. This is a night where once a month, me and members of my fan horror community on Patreon, we get together and we watch a retro porno and do some commentary and maybe do some other things if, uh, if your camera and mic is off. Next week, we are going to be watching part three of this uh, taboo American-style saga with the manipulative Nina, and it's going to get wild because uh, in part three, her brother comes home from college, and it just adds to the drama. 
Some of the scenes are really fucking hot, but then also some of the commentary from you people is hilarious. Shout out to the captain. He knows who he is. He's kind of he's kind of like the the lead commentator of Hot Movie Night. Big fan. How do I join you all for Hot Movie Night? That's a great question. First, you need to be in the champagne room. The champagne room is our super free, super sex positive Discord server. I know sometimes I say Discord and a lot of you freeze up like a deer in headlights or a guy about to get fingered in the ass for the first time, but it's not that bad. Don't clench. Discord is awesome. It's like a mix of like group chats meet Reddit. You know what? Just go ahead and give it a download and try it out. To get into the champagne room, there's a link in the show notes or just go to manwhorepod.com slash discord. Second thing is you have to be a member of the Patreon community because I stream our hot movie nights in the patron only streaming channel. You can become a member for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash podcast. And I hope to see y'all and hear y'all next Thursday night. Billy, can I jerk off during hot movie night? Sure. Just turn your mic and camera off. And then when you're done, you can turn your mic and camera back on if you want to. Jerk off uh, with one hand and, and type in the in the text channel with the other. I don't care. I also want to give a shout out real quick to HotMovies.com. Unofficially, they're kind of how the Hot Movie Night happens. Big fan. I've worked with them for many years. I think if you use the promo code MANHOR at HotMovies.com, you get 20 free minutes on top of any package you sign up for. And they have like, they kind of have like all the porn. They've got porn from all your favorite porn stars, all your favorite porn studios, uh, with all your favorite porn categories. Great site to hashtag pay for some of your porn, hotmovies.com. And a great place to support this whore with your dollars is at Patreon. Yes. One of the people I hope is going to be joining us for the hot movie night is the recipient of this week's fan whore appreciation moment. I want to give a shout out right now to Adam Harrison. You're a bomb-ass panda, man. You know what that means. No one else does. Frankly, I don't even understand what it means, but I know you know what it means to be a bomb-ass panda, Adam. So thanks for being bomb as fuck, and thanks for supporting the Man Whore Podcast with your dollars on Patreon. And again, you too can join up. You can support the podcast, join us for Hot Movie Night, and receive a slew of great rewards, including access, by the way, to over 200 bonus episodes when you become a member of Fan Whore Nation. One last time, support the pod you love. Keep a roof over my head, pretty please, at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Man Whore Podcast. Now, th- this might seem a little virtue signally, so I apologize in advance. So I was at this comedy venue uh, in Bushwick, and we, we, I went to an open mic, and then after the mic, uh, I was at the bar with two comics, two dudes. One's like my age, one's like five years younger, but, you know, me, two other dudes, all seemingly identify as straight, whatever that means, men. Again, whatever that means. So the three dudes were all at the bar, and I had done like a joke about medical theme play parties. They they weren't sure if all the sex party talk was real, but I was like, no, 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 that's very real. Yeah, um, I was like, yeah, I, I have to actually leave soon because I got to go watch a couple fuck on a corner in Red Hook later. So I gotta I gotta go shower. <laughs> uh, and they were like, that's real. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, that's my life. 
And so they, they were like, hey, can we ask you about the sex parties? I was like, sure, you can. I will be your elder whore. Ask away. And they're asking me questions about the sex parties and how they work and all that stuff and being a dude at the parties. And, and then, again, without any provocation from me, these other men start to ask me about consent at the sex parties. I was delighted to be asked the question. I was like, oh, this is great. And I told him about the, you know, consent workshops and the policies of, you know, Hacienda and, and other play party communities and such like that. And then they, they started asking about like consent in general and how like you can make consent sexy. And then we ended up in this conversation talking about consent and women and masculinity and sex. And, it, I, and I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, I think this is the conversation the ladies keep telling us we're supposed to have with each other. I was like, I want to be like, throw one up on the board. We got one. We have, we have one 20 minute talk that happened. A couple of dudes in Bushwick learned something. Let's mark it down. By the time I left the conversation, you know, I had to leave the bar. They, uh, they were like, oh, dude, this was great. Thanks for talking to us. And I was like, yeah, man, this was awesome. Thanks for engaging. Thanks for being here. Thanks for giving a shit enough to ask about things you didn't know about. So you can be like vaguely more decent human beings in the sexual world. I don't know if I have a point to this story other than I want, I want people to know, uh, A, apparently these conversations can happen. They're not super weird. They don't have to be activist-y. Just, I think there are a lot of guys out there who would like to know better. They just don't even always know what they need to know. And that's kind of cool. Like, sure, you hear about, you know, like affirmative consent or like asking before you do X, Y, or Z. But what they got to ask me and hear about were like examples of actually practicing that without it killing the mood and how you can. So, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a cool talk. It's one of the, one of the few times I was like chatting with a couple of guys at a bar and didn't think to myself, I want to run away really fast. Except from this conversation, I did run away really fast because my ex texted me and I thought she was inviting me over. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I got it. Yeah. And so I, I, I even threw down the Goodwill hunting line. What a waste of an opportunity to throw down a, uh, hey, I got to go see about a girl. Because it turned out I misread the text and she was inviting me over. It all was something totally different. And uh, that was, man, I like ran out that bar with a big smile on my face. There was a, there was a Revel Scoot Scooter. I rented, I, I hopped on my scooter and I fucking whizzed down Bushwick Avenue at a delightful 31 miles per hour only to, uh, to realize, wait, oops, a little too enthusiastic there. Did I bring the story down? I'm sorry. You know, I'll raise it back up. All those boys were super sweet. Cause I, I tell them I gotta go see about a girl and I briefly tell them the situation and they were like, Hey, good luck, man. I was like, thank you. They didn't say like, hey, man, I hope you smashed. They were like, hey, good luck reuniting with love. And I'm like, oh, my God, men don't usually say that to me. Thank you. I have a little bit more faith about the whole man, capital M man thing. My ex stuff, uh, the faith is, is about in the same place. <laughs> I just want some more wallet notes in my life. But that kind of, you know, leads into my conversation with this week's guest, Alyssa Bassist. She's a writer. She's a humorist. I learned a little bit at the end what a humorist is. But uh, Alyssa and I had an amazing conversation about sex, about celibacy, about men and the rape. And uh, honestly, could have talked to her for hours. 
She's got a new book out now. I'm excited to read it. It's called Hysterical. It's a memoir. And I think you're really going to have a gas with a couple of funny folks. Yours truly and Alyssa Bassist. I keep saying her name over and over because I'm just proud of myself for pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. I'm most interested in, I like connecting with people and learning about people I don't know. And so Great. I'd want to hear about all your terrible experiences. Okay. Hopefully there'd be a good one somewhere, like <laughs> under the under the cushion. You'd be like, oh, no, I found one from like 2015. <laughs> oh, I think I did have a good one in 2015. Oh, good. Someone made you come then? I'm so happy. No. <laughs> no? Okay. No, that is that is a pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Billy, we're just looking for like a nonviolent one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bar, quite low. <laughs> The lowest. Yeah. <laughs> I trip over it most days. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of the idea. Um, but but we were talking about before before we turned the mics on. Um, oh, the mics stand-up. are on and we're doing this. I they, thought we were just practicing. Oh no, I, I thought that was great practice. Oh. You know, if we had. Okay, so now we're doing it. <laughs> we we are and technically have been. Oh, okay. At some point, I thought we were still talking about what we're not going to talk about. Well, I, what would you like to not talk about? <laughs> I'll just write it down and make sure not to bring it back Great. up. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm afraid to talk about sex negativity, which is really okay. mostly a joke and not something I like a boundary. It's not a true lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't investigated it or thought any more about it than knowing sex positivity is not my experience. Fair enough. Because of heterosexual cis men. We we do tend to fuck things up. Like everyone <laughs> fucks things up, but for some reason, like overwhelmingly, we're fucking things up. I don't even think that it's the gender that's wrong. I think we live in a rape culture. I think we live in a patriarchal culture mm. that has taught everyone unhelpful, violent ways of behaving with each other that's what the rest of that notepad actually has on it no joke <laughs> <laughs> like there's that section that's billy seen and the rest of it's just like how do i fuck, how do we do, talk to me it says how to throw how to throw a gangbang number one empathy uh <laughs> is, is what's on there that's one thing well this is i write in the book that i empathize with men because i feel like they were born without empathy because if you are born and the entire world says you're the center of the universe. You have no reason to disagree. And when people present alternative views of reality, mm. you don't love that because you have always been told that your perspective is correct. Your way of behaving is right. Mm. Your way of thinking is the only way of thinking. So I can understand that men are set up to bomb at empathy because they haven't had we haven't had that expectation of them. And those who receive all of it have none of it to give. Did you see that Mormon show on uh, on Hulu? No. <clears throat> well, oh, wait, just, Under the Manner of Heaven? Yes. And re- the idea of just like it's they're, they're using religion to justify, you know, you create a God who justifies what you want. And therefore, now you're a prophet because, well, God said so. Who said that? Well, my mom brought me up to say that you're going to grow up to be a prophet. So now I'm a prophet. I think religion and patriarchy have a lot in common. Right, right. No, very, so very similarly. Like, and I don't think we're bo- not born with empathy, but if we're not raised with it. Exactly. Which, what friends did you have? I, boys bullied the shit out of me from five to 17. And so the few friends I had in like high school were girls. So, and what did girls tend to complain about? Men. So I got to hear behind the, you know, behind the scenes. Yes. And I grew up 
where I wanted to be one of the guys. So I never complained about guys. I only complained about girls. I was like super stuck in the binary. And I think now I'm getting all my complaining out because <laughs> I was just like, boys are the best. I want to be one of the boys. I want to be a tomboy. I want to talk like boys. I want to be respected like boys. And I didn't want to associate with anything girly mm-hmm. or girls. Because they were inferior. They weren't as smart. They only cared to talk about boys. They were superficial. You know, I just like bought into all the cliches. And I wanted to, I was rebelling against that. What was so attractive to you about the concept of being like one of the boys? Boys were just so respected. They were revered. They, when they talked, everybody listened. They were the best at everything. They were the best in school, the best in extracurriculars, the best in sports. They, everyone loved them, idolized them. And I thought their interests were cooler. Like I was way more into Pulp Fiction than Barbie. Okay. I saw my first R rated movie at four years old. Oh, I was going to say, like, those are, (laughs) those are, you know, viewed as a different gender thing, but also very different age. things but i was really into that stuff as a kid like i saw cocktail in the theaters at four why my dad why took me does he need to be on my board too does it do i need to write about him right now probably i wrote about him enough in the book that i'm i'm gonna cut myself off but (laughs) yeah we and i remember i watched pulp fiction with my mom in elementary school and like i just really liked or I thought I liked, I wanted to like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to be into dolls or pink. Who in Pulp Fiction did you want to be? John Travolta. You want to be John Travolta's yeah. character? Oh, yeah. He went off. He saw the world. He came back. An great enlightened dancer. gangster. Yeah. Great dancer. <laughs> an enlightened ga- the gangster and great dancer. <laughs> a path you could have gone down. But alas, you chose to write. Um, and I'm here right now with author Alyssa Bassist. I listened to the thing to learn how to say the fucking name. I was so impressed. I was like, this is the first time it's ever been pronounced correctly. I still had to use like boy terms or sports terms or whatever you want to call it. I had to write uh, assist like assist. Um, the 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 the, 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 the Scotty Pippen of last names. I don't know. Scotty Pippen was like big on assists when he was on the Bulls with oh. Michael Jordan. <laughs> when I hear assist, I think I think Pippen. Uh, but she's got a book out now uh, called Hysterical. Where when you're hearing this, it'll be out now. Um, I opened to a random page I'd said earlier, and it was just like left side was raping me too, right side was Louis C.K. And I'm just like talking sexuality in America once again. <laughs> so thanks for coming by. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, that shocks me that you uh, you wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think I wanted to until I got to college. Uh, no, not true. Because I think once I was in high school, I wanted to be one of the boys intellectually, but I still felt the pull to present female, ultra female. And I would wake up at 4am to shower, wash my hair, straighten my naturally curly hair, then curl it with a curling iron, put on makeup, contacts, even though I had dry eyes, take a nap. I'm already exhausted. I know. (laughs) Wear high heels every single day in a different outfit every single day. And I'm like, how much time I would have saved if I didn't feel like I had to look like that. Do you get upset now? You see a lot of like the quote unquote, like, you know, like the hot girls of a high school, like they're wearing sweatpants. I get upset about that. And then I get upset about the opposite where it's like (laughs) everyone's trying to look like the Kardashians 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, how have we not figured it out by now? Yeah. <laughs> and I get mad at my mom still every day where I'm like, why did you put me in Clinique makeup in sixth grade? I was wearing foundation before I even had acne. What'd she say? She was just like, I did the best I could. <laughs> and it, and it's what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. They just Again, want, they were like They were letting them, I guess that's what the girls are doing. Because I also read you're you're also a geriatric millennial is what they're yes. calling. I don't know if I am that yet. I'm 33. No, uh, you're a you're a straight up millennial. Okay. That, what, I'm not, this is actually my birthday eve. I turned 30. Not no 38 tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> Mazo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you still see yourself today as like wanting to be one of the boys in a way? No, I mean I. I'm sick of gender. Same. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone is. One of these dudes I was really into, he just DM'd me about some story I had where he was like, I'm so gendered and raced out. <laughs> he's the whitest, straightest man on the planet. Well, it's like, does he, is he over in the way he's like, yeah, I'm also tired of these expectations placed upon no, me. Or he's like, I'm tired of us talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the right side of being over it. So I really would love to, if I had no vanity, I would shave my head because my hair is so heavy okay. and I would get LASIK because glasses are also so heavy, but I would be hideous. And I'm not ready to be hideous. Yeah. I feel like I hide behind my hair and my glasses. Mm-hmm. And they're the feminine parts of me. But I have, thanks to the pandemic, slowly been giving up on feminine behaviors that I find to be oppressive. Because I wrote about how they're oppressive. So I no longer shave my legs. Uh-huh. I save so much time. I save so much like back-breaking in the shower movements. Yep. But my mom calls my legs my second dog. I have one dog. <laughs> and it makes me feel bad. But I love And did you I name your second dog? Be like, and <laughs> yes, they are. Actually, it's I have three dogs. This one's Spot. This one's Lucky. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, I told my gynecologist, my mom said that. And she was like, she shouldn't have said that. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else have you dropped? Um, I dropped, I don't, I, I wear two makeups only, blush and mascara and only for a professional endeavor like this, but going out with friends, no makeup whatsoever. Mm. I love to pop my zits. So I do have to wear zit cover up. Okay. But I have a new aspiration, which is to not pop zits just so I will not have to cover them up and I'll save myself time. Okay. Okay. And what what I am done doing any kind of grooming, pubic hair grooming. That's okay. it's just going to be wild. Whatever you want it to be. No, you <laughs> that would should think be the that, point. but I have gotten feedback from everyone who's ever seen me naked. They all have an opinion. I mean, everyone's going to have an opinion. I think and this is something I don't think is universal to men or exclusive to men, I should say, but I do hear more of these stories from like chick friends and guy friends where it's <laughs> like they share that opinion that should have been like an inside thing <laughs> yeah exactly you know when someone's just like i don't know just you look real fat in your profile picture you look like that in real life and i'm like buddy 
me take you over here to this corner. Okay, there's I see I hear what you're trying to accomplish. Um, that is definitely not the way to do it. <laughs> there are inside thoughts and outside thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, th- it doesn't mean like all inside thought opinions don't have to be the most, you know, nice, sensitive, correct, whatever. But like. You have to know to keep them inside. And I'm a spewer, I learned during the pandemic. I listened to one podcast about internal versus external processing. My life changed. And I learned I'm an external processor. And I sometimes have to grab that idea before it leads my mouth and keep it here. <laughs> I think I am that too. Must I? Perhaps all writers Very process fun. externally. Well, I mean, li- literally in the, in the act of doing it like on a page. But to me, putting on the page is still like safe because like I don't have to then show that page to somebody. True. As opposed to like when it comes out of my fucking stupid mouth and it causes a lot of problems or my thumbs. Yeah, I have I have stupid thumbs and a stupid mouth as well. <laughs> they just they haven't figured it out. I guess when I was said opinion, what I meant to say is preference. Mm-hmm. They give me their preference. And I also not the fucking also business. not what I need. But I but they're not wrong. Like mm. I've been waxed and it's the best. Like the sensation is better. Mm. Peeing is better. Walking is better. Everything's better. Actually, peeing is messier, but it feels better. Everything feels better. It's just like a gust of wind (laughs) is pleasurable. So it's better, but it's just expensive. Sure. And it's a lot of upkeep. And I just, I don't have time. Right. Well, is it more like you would rather only be getting waxed when you want to get waxed? Or you're just like, I don't even, I don't need to feel the breeze anymore. I feel like I... Was always like, um, getting waxed, getting waxed in preparation uh-huh. for something. And it's a really short window that the waxing is good. Sure. And it's like, I could never hit the window. And so then it just became the most frustrating endeavor. And I tried to have conversations about it so that I could plan the waxing and the window accordingly. But it was such a turnoff to every man. To have a waxing discussion. It was but like they I also could, want the waxing. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> and so I could, and so then I was like, fuck it. It was just, it became, it became too frustrating. Yeah. So I haven't done it well, forever. Good for you. Sorry for the breeze. Yeah, I know. I, lack missed, of I miss that breeze. <laughs> but you, now you know it's there when you want it and not to prep for something else. Yeah. But I don't want like, to spend $90 for a nice breeze feeling. I, I mean, so. you know, sometimes, I, per, sometimes, I need, sometimes, I need, sometimes you're like, you know what? Dude, it's like a massage for me. I go like, you know what? Sometimes I need that now. That's true. But, uh, it's not, it's not a regular thing I can afford, you know, until I have my own book, um, called I'm Sorry You're Hysterical by Billy <laughs> Priscilla. <laughs> Never write a book for the money, I would say. It's some side advice. <laughs> Good to know. I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Um, are there other things that you feel like you've dropped, not necessarily for, you know, externally, not, um, you know, bodily stuff? Is there stuff psychologically you've been dropping? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's easy to say that I've dropped all this stuff because I haven't been in a situation where it challenges me. Like, I remember my 30th birthday and having a full-blown panic attack in a grocery store. Um, and being doubly upset that I was panicking mm. and because I had been practicing yoga and I was like, I lost my yoga and I was really upset that I couldn't have accessed this Zen state. And much later I learned after a lot of psychotherapy that it is in those moments that we lose our coping mechanism that we 
are like the most challenged to remember it. Losing your Zen or like losing everything you've ever learned in therapy um, is such a great time to grow, I guess. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is I'm in a time right now of celibacy and not dating. Okay. So, of course, my shit is so together because I'm not being challenged at any point. So I feel really strong and feminist and sure of myself and I love my body because there's no one who I feel like I'm stressed about loving my own body. So I think like if once I'm put in that situation, I'll be really put to the test and see if I do have, if I've actually can walk the walk that I, um, will that strength still be there when there's some stakes involved? Cause right yeah. now the only stakes is when you're in front of the mirror with yourself alone. Yeah. So I feel so confident. I feel like I wrote myself into, um, so many strong personal truths of which I'll never let go. Right. Um, and I know that whatever body I have at whatever time in my life is a body that I like. Right. That's a great thing to know that I'm going to lose the second I have a crush on someone (laughs) and I'm just going to see every fly I've ever had. I'm going to see it through their eyes. I'm going to feel embarrassed. So I just haven't been challenged. Mm -hmm. And and you'll know be a success when like, you know, you have a date that night and you're in the bathroom and you look in the mirror and just like, no, I'm not even going to fucking trim it. No, I'm just, I'm keeping exactly as is to test him. You know what? I might want to trim it, but I'm just going to see his reaction. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, um, I have diagnosed OCD. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, what we do to treat OCD is exposure and response prevention therapy. So mm-hmm. that would be like an exposure where I would like do something I was af- most afraid of doing and then survive the doing of it. So. Yeah. Please, God, I can show someone my bush again. <laughs> I I hope you get to show someone your bush <laughs> again you. at some point. Um, it'd be, it's funny. Uh, maybe maybe more dudes should uh, take that same mentality, exposure, uh, <laughs> exposure therapy mentality to the prostate. <laughs> Just yeah. see what that's about. <laughs> Just to get a little empathy on the insertion experience. Be like, oh, you know what? Next time I will go softer. <laughs> That did feel too fast when you did. Oh, it was just the the pinky? No, just the top part of the pink. Yeah, no, I should go slower with you. Um. That man who said he's raced and gendered out, I have told him many times that my fantasy is to peg and to peg him specifically, and he will not be pegged. One sec. I'm not, I'm not pulling out a strap on my <laughs> I just I just put that together in my head. But uh, this, is, this is my my merch shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> it says um, I'm saving myself. What did it say? I'm saving pegging for marriage. I'm saving pegging for marriage. Yes. Interlocking uh wedding bands. <laughs> uh which I still am. Cause uh, you know, it's not that I don't want to. I'm just I got nothing else to save a special person. I feel like I tried basically everything I want to, and so it's like if I end up with someone long term, you wanna give the person you're gonna be with that you hope to be with for decades you hope to give them something that you know i'm so surprised that you feel like saving means special and that you (laughs) must save something isn't that i just feel like the wedding industrial complex is such bullshit sure 
but you have decided to buy into this idea of saving something. Well, I mean, granted, I also don't know that I'm ever going to be married, quote unquote, but it is something I've been saying as a cute line since college. And I was like, well, let's at least commercialize it. Okay. <laughs> but, but also I have, I also have not been packed. Now, hey, they can take all it's the, 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 it's not the penetration stuff. It's just the act of like strap on, thrust, grabbing hips. That I would like to save for a very special person. Also, like, it's a very, I don't know, you tell me. I, I haven't had my waist grabbed like that. So it seems pretty intimate. Uh, I know, so- but we have to do it all the time. We have to receive that all the why? time. Why? Um, don't do that. That's my question is why. <laughs> because uh, is always the answer. Yeah, I, I've met one or two women who I was like, Okay, if they stuck, if they would stick around longer, I would, I would, I would do that with them. But TBD. That's my number one fantasy. I. That's all I want to do. I want you to be able to show someone your bush, and I want you to peg somebody. I'm hoping these things for you. I think I'm owed pegging. Yeah, I mean, and I, I take you never uh, thought about compensating somebody for a night of an experience where you can just like go to town on his asshole and you know like that's just gonna happen i mean it's not even (laughs) i guess it's like so this goes back to the conversation of how i always wanted to be one of the boys which Mm -hmm. is not to be confused with wanting to be a boy i feel like i'm i've always been a girl um but i haven't liked being a girl and i feel like we have the short end of the stick Mm -hmm. pun intended so in addition to wanting to be like one of the boys in terms of like being good at math and being funny and liking pulp fiction i've wanted a dick and i feel like it sucks that i don't get a stick my dick that i don't have into something warm and soft and thrust it's not fair it's pretty great I know. It's pretty great. And you get an orgasm most of the time. <laughs> it's just, it's so sexist, so sexist. It makes me so mad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's, I have a list of just things. I feel, I'm like, I'm sorry you, you, you don't get the peg. No, I'm sorry you don't have a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you're hysterical. I'm sorry people don't believe your physical symptoms when you go to the doctor. Like, yeah, just like, <laughs> Uh, but 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 it's not like you you'd rather have like that song detachable penis. Yes, I love that song. That song is my anthem. You're like that's what I want. I yes. want it in the drawer. Yeah. I want to put it on, but I also want to feel it. I want to feel it. every part of it, and I know I don't get that. Mm-hmm. But with pegging, I'll at least get to thrust. Mm-hmm. See, I want I want detachable penis because sometimes I'm just like you. I can't deal with you right now. Can you just? I want to put you on the shelf and be like. Time out. Sometimes I always want to put my dick in time out so I can like do other things. I love hearing the downsides of having a dick because I did not know there were any. It's just out there. I mean, I have to go to a coffee shop sometimes so I don't procrastinate because it's just, it's just there. like I'm doing work and then, and all, I don't know if it's because they talk about sex for a living or what, but then it's just, it's hanging there. It's kind of, it's like at like a 30% chub and you go like, I could. I could do it. I could do one real quick. And then three hours later, you're like, oops. Oh, see, I can go months. Oh, without masturbating? Yeah, but I'm also on an SNRI. I know SSRIs. What's SNRI? I'm allergic to SSRIs. And SNRI is another type of antidepressant. Okay. I had to go through probably 20. And finally, I took a genetic test that I read about in the book called Hysterical by Alyssa Basist. <laughs> um, that told me I'm basically allergic to serotonin. Right. Which Wait, is that's the I'll... happy thing, right? Yes. Oh, no. I'm allergic to happiness. That's so bad. <laughs> I know. 
That's like the worst one. That's that's the worst. My life is bad. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, oh my! Wait, but like, can you still feel like pleasure and things like that? Yes, I'm not actually allergic to happiness. I don't like. I don't feel this allergy to serotonin. It's just when I'm taking medications that up the serotonin in the body, uh-huh. which is what some speculate cures depression not cures but helps alleviate helps take the burden off of depression i don't respond well to those drugs because i don't respond well to serotonin but i don't have like like this idea is with depression is that it's a lack of serotonin in the body Mm. which i have because i my body doesn't like serotonin so but i don't actually feel it is what i'm saying i just have to be on something an antidepressant that doesn't affect my serotonin levels, which is an SNRI. You know, when we talk about the whole detachable penis thing, I'm just thinking like, I think at some point, I hope the technology can get to a place where there's like, like a like a thing you could put on like the side of your scalp and it's kind of attached to the thing. And so when you do go into that warm boy butthole that you want to fuck so badly, you'll, you can feel like what the sensation would, would be. Like oh, a black, like black mirror, I black mirror love, style. We need some black mirror sex technologies. I mean, I don't know why we don't have that porn series yet. Yeah, why it must exist and we just haven't found it. Brie Mills at adult time. That's right up her alley. Like she needs to make that whole thing. Um, I that need to be, write an that would email. Be so good. Yeah, pitch that. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? Tell me about the celibacy kick you're doing. Oh yeah. Well. Also, I love how Lauren was just like, take it easy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, Lauren. She's talking about wanting to fuck, bo- fuck some dudes right in the ass. I think she's good. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even want to peg to spread that education. No, not to spread, not to, not to cause pain, but they will, in the course of you getting your pleasure of pegging someone, they will also learn what the fuck that feels like. Yeah, I mean, I just want to know what it feels like to thrust, and I would love it if they know what it feels like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But that has never been my mission. But- of course. It's a byproduct, a wonderful byproduct. But I do wonder when there's like such a resistance to it where I'm like, you expect me to literally bend over backward and not say ow and not say no. And yet you immediately shut down the conversation of me doing something that makes you feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Physically vulnerable. And And I don't like that. No, I don't either. It's, it's, It's like really an empathy gap. And I, you know. Look, it happens where I've been on the side of that from women, but like not nearly at the volume that I see or hear from from like chick friends of mine. And I think there is something where like a lot of men, and this is happening with a lot of like majority groups realizing things like realizing that something we hear about here and there, unless it's because it's not happening. So with the guys like unsolicited dick pics being rampant, right? I remember 10 years ago being like, it can't actually be that all the time. It can't be like volume. This has to be like some people just kind of being louder about it uh, because it wasn't happening to me. And it doesn't happen to most of you. So why would we think it happens? We can't see it. White people like start. I've been realizing that the last you pick how many years you've been paying attention. Um, right. Like, you know, it was just people realizing stuff about trans people because it just doesn't happen to us. Why would we know? So but then I had to see I stumbled upon a subreddit called creepy PMs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, because <laughs> like the volume of the posts and screenshots. So you're seeing like out of the out of pocket. Like, oh, no, thank you. And then just dirty slut. And, but it, it's so many where you're like, it can't, 
this is not just the few bad apples. It's just so many from so many different people. Like it can't, this isn't an anomaly. This is a norm. You need to write an essay called The Empathy Gap. Yeah. uh, Because we have the orgasm gap and the pay gap. Those are accepted terms. We need the empathy gap. Yeah, but then I'm going to get held to different, like a higher standard. And I really enjoy (laughs) the bar. I just go, yep, yep. And I trip over it. I'm like, I still tripped over it. And uh, it's fine. Uh, No, it's. But when are we ever going to equalize the bars? The bar is so high. I'm trying to get the guys to tiptoe over it as well. Like, if we could just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if I have hairy legs, I'm unfuckable. If I say, ow, I'm unfuckable. If I say I don't want to fuck, I'm unfuckable. Like, they're, like if I do anything wrong, mm. I'm unfuckable. Meanwhile, you do anything right, you are so, so extremely fuckable. It's like mind-blowing. It's unfair. It's so unfair. <laughs> it's very unfair. I Thank should you. not. That's all I, that's all I want to hear is that it's unfair and that you believe me. I recognize it is unfair. I should not get the, some of the sex that I get. <laughs> A good chunk of it, I feel like I, I, I earned, but like, there's definitely some sex that I did. I don't deserve that, but the bar is quite low <laughs> and it's, it makes me stand out. It makes me shine. I, I've never had abs. <laughs> you don't need them. Like I was on a date after being on so many bad dates. This was post me too. And a guy believed me when I talked about rape culture because something I love to talk about on dates is rape culture which does literally make me unfuckable and I cop to that that's fine that does not make you unfuckable like it's very rare for me to have a first date and some kind of sexual assault doesn't come up it just it I don't know comes what it up is. right I, I, I don't women know what have only one thing on the mind and it's rape culture <laughs> yeah, people are like <laughs> women are only thinking about money no they're thinking about rape <laughs> <laughs> they are they're being afraid of rape all the time um, so, and so I, it would just, it would come up and I write about it. I'm, it just, it came up. So this was always a turnoff and I was always, it was only myself to blame. But then post me too, I was out with a guy, rape culture came up and all he did was agree with me and I blew him. I just, it was the hottest thing to be believed. And then he got to have a blowjob. Did he go down on me? No. Mm. <laughs> Was, it, was this full bush time? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Of course, I was fully like, waxed. I did the wax. I did the wax. <laughs> I did the wax. Um, I even at that time in my life was post blowjob. I was like, I'd given enough blowjobs. <laughs> but then one man believed me about rape culture and he got blown. Then you went back to the, the your 12 set meeting the next <laughs> week. But like, I gave a man a blowjob. I'm, I'm sorry, girls. <laughs> I slipped. I, I crossed the picket line. <laughs> there isn't know. even a picket line. I don't know anybody else who's post blowjob. And I could be convinced in a second, obviously, to not be that. But I just like I've Aristophanes given it up. had a decent idea. I know. <laughs> Didn't he though? First Aristophanes <laughs> reference, I think, in 450 episodes. But I'm glad we finally got I'm to surprised. do it. <laughs> he's lo- he's talking about Lysistrata, the comedic play where women decide to withhold sex to get their men to stop participating in the Peloponnesian War. But yeah, no bars. Uh, I mean, so what what would make you? What's going to make you want to be a sexual being with somebody else? Oh, yeah. So I've been celibate for a long time. So what happened was, is I had a realization, and I write about it in my book, that I um, I was going out with my camp boyfriend, and he and I kept having these reunions every few decades. And he was visiting New York, and it was a foregone conclusion that we would have sex. And I didn't know why. 
it just was. It's just like I knew that he wanted to and he gets what he wants. And then I had this epiphany where I was like, I actually don't have to have sex if I don't want to and I don't want to. I want to fool around with him. I want to hang out with him, whatever. Um, then he was really mad at me that I wouldn't give him the sex that he believed he deserved. You were fooling around. We were fooling around. So and like- I had s- said multiple times, I'm not having sex. I don't want to have sex. I had texted him about it. I had said it verbally multiple times because I just I wanted to be clear with myself, clear with him about my boundaries. Right. I'd known him since I was like nine years old when we played soccer together. <laughs> One-on-one soccer, so hot. Um, and his I anger... I want to probe, but I, I can't. I can't do it. That was my tomboy self. That's how I had boyfriends, was we were just best friends. I fi- Finish the story, but I want, I want to go back at that in a moment. Okay. Um, so he was mad, and I had been in that fight, just not with him, okay. so many times before. And then I was like, I'm out. I quit. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and it was a scary situation, and I was really lucky that all he did was get mad at me and leave. Though um, he did physically, like, pin me down and did a lot of what I didn't want him to do. Um, and all I could do was laugh because I was so scared. And he was so large. And I, um, it was, it's like laughing has become like my survival instinct. He left. And then I was like, I'm just going to not, I'm just going to not for a while. And it was really easy to not. And I felt happy. I could focus. I could think straight. I, uh, yeah. And, th- and then the, um, then Trump won. Wait, you've been celibate since this event? So, okay. So, I have two periods of celibacy. Okay. I got very, concerned. I lost my celibacy right before the pandemic. Okay. My timing was terrible. Um, so I was celibate for, uh, I don't know. I don't know when that interaction was. So then, then it was Trump and, um, then everybody was really enthusiastic about raping and marital rape and taking away women's reproductive rights. And then I, and then I was noticing a lot of women were like, celibacy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, join me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, then, then it was the pandemic and say, oh no, then I, then I did a few, you did a few years. Oh, like over seven years. You did. Of celibacy. What, what, now maybe the medication stuff kind of aids in that, but like, what's that like? I don't think I've gone seven months. Fine. I know when I know that people can't believe it, but I can't. Not believe it. It just I can was believe it. so I'm just easy. Curious what it's like. I well, I was writing a book, sure. which was taking all my energy, uh-huh. and and like every feeling I had was going into the book. And I get really distracted when I'm dating. I get like obsessive about it. I feel like I need to perform a certain self. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I also was not having any experiences that made me want it i was only having these experiences that made me not want it Mm -hmm. 
Um, and just the amount of expectation was, it just got to a point where it was unbearable. And I was, I just had other things to do. Um, and I just totally turned off. And this was at a time in my life where I had turned everything off. I turned off my voice. I had turned off a lot of living because of experiences, negative experiences I had had. And I was like, you know what? It's just easier to not argue, not fuck, not date, not put myself in these positions where I feel powerless and I'm just going to watch a lot of Netflix, work on this book. Um, and that was the choice that I made. And um, then, then I wanted to lose my celibacy. I was like, done. And it was like a story out of the Bible. Because every attempt I made to lose my celibacy, I met a too big dicked man. I could not lose the celibacy. The dicks were too big, they would not fit, and it felt like I was the, I don't know, it just felt like I was being punished by a vengeful God, because when I was ready and excited about these dudes, and it was one after the other. It's like, here's seven years worth of cock on three dudes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it, and it got to a point where I had to ask about dick size on dates. And they, and I was like, I need to know inches, I need to know girth, because... It's not going to happen. Well, first question is, what's the limit? <laughs> I need I need like a medium to small size dick. I felt like I was a gift to the micro dick community. Mm. <laughs> and it's not like, I feel like I'd always had, I'd always had like a small tight vagina. Um, like I know my first boyfriend referred to me as XS, like extra small vag. I learned Again, about this years later. Out loud. I learned about it later okay. from his best friend. It was a whole thing. Um, because I was like this feminist virgin. I lost my virginity hmm. as a full adult at 22. Okay. So I'm wrong with that. <laughs> it's just, it's always been like a you're too big to fit in here yeah. situation. So when you when you're asking for like for stats, so to speak, like what was the number that was like sorry about like beyond eight, I was like, I can't. I like how you're like, I'd like a nice medium dick, like a seven or eight. I just remember like this guy. I was the one Which is I ended up large. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I just was like maybe five. I actually don't know. I just needed. I was like small, medium or large. Okay. And the one I. Which every guy's going to be like medium unless they're. This guy said medium and we ended up dating yeah. for a while before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And I was so happy. That I had found the right size, which was medium. Um, so I'm a medium to small. And I you can't fuck with large. For the detachable penis. Well, let me tell you. So I had to get what is known as a vaginal dilator for yeah. to prepare for the big dicked men because I was mm -hmm. really stuck on one. And I was oh. like, I'm going to make it work. And I had to go to this like medical dildo website. Yep. <laughs> and I was on the phone with customer service. Because we were trying to find the right size because they're really expensive. You didn't get like a set? You were just getting like one dialer? There was a set. I didn't get a set. First, I went to a sex store. Okay. And I was like, the woman came up to me and she was like, how may I help you? I was like, this is going to be the challenge of your career. I need to lose my celibacy to 
not a human-sized dick smaller than that because I need to reintroduce my vagina to an object and we got to go small. And the smallest of the small was too big. Oh, no. And I ended up spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but then I went to the medical grade I hope you had a promo website. code from some podcast. No, it's just sunk cost. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, really upsetting. So then I got all these dilators. And the guy and I, we never had sex. And I was like, what a waste. It was so upsetting. Alyssa. I know. I'm so sorry. I gave him a blowjob. He's the same guy. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs> I know. And now I have all of these vaginal dilators and dildos. And nowhere to go with them. <laughs> well, so I'm, I mean, I'm glad you got cut the taste or, or fix the celibate. Or I, I, well, what I hear there is that you were like, I want to end the celibacy now. I was done. It wasn't like, I feel pressured. It was just like, I'm ready to do that. Which yes. is, you know, when that should. I just feel like I'm a woman who's going to hit her sexual prime when she's 65. And I'm going to um, also be one of those women who's going to be living in um, an elder community. And I'm going to be the one who's spreading the gonorrhea all around. Because that's when I'm going to be fucking my face off. And I... I'm just fine with that. I'm like, I'm just going to do it as a senior citizen. You're going to fuck everyone's grandkids as they come to visit. <laughs> I'm going to fuck all the grandpas, then the dads, then the grandkids. Oh, my God. You're going to fuck three generations worth. Amazing. <laughs> and I know that's my destiny, and I'm fine. And I'm fine with that. I, that's what I accepted. Yeah, but then when I wanted to lose the celibacy, I just started to being – I was so attracted to these – to certain men I had met. And then, mm. of course, they were all cursed with a massive dick. So sorry. And you would think that we could have been inventive and done other activities. And with some of them, yes. But it's it's still they needed to penetrate. I wish we just called more things sex. Well, you know, there's that movement going around. And, and when you were talking about like, I might be sex negative. <laughs> I think part of the sex positive movement is and, and both the kind of intersection of sex positivity and queer stuff where it's like, Calling more things sex. So when they say these like things about the Gen Z, they're having less sex. I'm like, yeah, but what was the survey question? Mm -hmm. Like, how did they, did they say just sex? Did they say penis and vagina sex? Like, or are they just saying sexual activity? Because I think the Gen Zers are just doing a lot more fun shit. They're having fingering threesomes. Like, that's what they're doing. Oh my God. A three-way finger bang. Sounds great. Sounds like a good time. I miss a good finger bang. I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> well, and I remember I took, I was a women's and gender studies, women and gender and sexuality studies minor. They kept expanding. It was sure. women's studies. And now. you know, there was some major who was really upset and kept arguing for the expansion of the minor. Yeah. So now it's a hideously long acronym, but I'm so happy to be inclusive. Um, but I was in these contemporary female sexualities classes. So I knew what to do. I knew talking about finger banging is not the best phrase for what I liked and learned was called manual sex or clitage. Clitage. Isn't that great? It's like clitoral that. massage. I mean, I think I would sound like a huge douche if I said to a woman like. <laughs> May I, I give you a clitage? Yeah. It's like I think she would just look at me like get out of my bed. You must get this book called The Sex You Want. I think that's all it's called. I can take a screenshot of it and send it to you because it was so enlightening. And I wish I could do all of what it told me to do. That I could do and say for an exam, mm. but not when I was with a man. Sure. Did you now? Do you identify as straight? No. Oh. Bisexual, queer. Okay. So I like women too. 
in your celibacy, why celibacy and not just leaning more in the the more vaginal camp? I just wasn't. I mean, women are as impossible as men. Like all people are impossible. Sure. It wasn't something I, I remember thinking when I fell in love with my first woman. I was like, I'm free. I can be happy now. Mm-hmm. I can be in an equal relationship. I can have all these things that I could never have before. But that's not true. I mean, it's it's just gender is not a solution. Um, okay. And I think I did want to break my celibacy with this one woman I fell for, but she did not want to partake in that. And I had to, and it was like always a confusing thing. Like once it had been so many years... It had to become even more years because it was like, is this something I say, tell someone, or lie about? And so that it is was it lying difficult. if you don't mention it? I don't think lying. I don't think it's their business, right? But then I, but then it felt uncomfortable to me because it was like I was like a virgin again. Um, I was like, how do we do this? Where does it go? Sure. Um, and I think I also suffer from saying everything. I think. <laughs> so it was like hard sure. um to not talk about it oh man i used to disclaim about sexual violence and i was like i may be a little scared and they were just like they had their pants on so quickly it, it, which is like it's unfortunate because like clearly like, you're in a bed and you're like i would like to do this i also want you to know this and it's and correct me if i'm wrong is that like you're like when you share that, you need some sort of an emotional response from your sexual partner. And they're like, oh, emotions? Bye. Yeah. I had one guy (laughs) literally say to me, oh, you want to be in a relationship? Just because I disclosed that to him. And I was like, wait, what? I did want to be in a relationship. Uh, But but not at that point. And I wasn't saying that to have intimacy or vulnerability. I just wanted to say it to be comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And to have a positive experience and um, f- just for him to know that I was like, I needing to communicate yeah. and he, his go to, he just immediately was like, oh, you want to be in a relationship, don't you? I don't. I'm leaving. And how does that feel? Bad. Like, but like, what kind of, <laughs> come on, you're a writer. You can, you can do better than just bad. <laughs> My dad says bad if he would admit his emotions. I mean, at the time. I was in my mid-20s, and I thought it was my fault. I just was mad at myself. I was like, I shouldn't have said that. I need to say less. I felt like all of my experiences were men with men were um, education in saying less and in um, not telling them what I needed and not telling them what would make me comfortable because it made me unattractive and unfuckable. So all I, I was just so mad at myself. And I guess I've only dated the wrong people because it has turned off literally everyone. I don't think those are people who deserve to have sex with you, though. Thank you. I agree. That's part of my celibacy because Mm -hmm. I was like, if I keep encountering this type of person who can't handle and finds it to be unattractive that I've had experiences and negative experiences that I want to talk about, then I was like, I'm out of this game. Yeah. I just like... I was like, until the game changes and the culture changes, until there's a movement that has a hashtag, I'm out. <laughs> I guess, I guess in closing, I'll ask you like, because I feel like I could just, I, otherwise I will just talk to you for, I, I, <laughs> I not, know we could really, I don't I feel know like where we your just schedule got is. The, <laughs> I just have a dog to feed. 
do you like come on dogs whatever no um the love of my life my dog <laughs> wait uh what, no sorry what, the the first dog oh yeah the first dog not my legs <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i you know i think about if you could raise the bar as the reasonable human that we've heard you to be if you were to like raise it to something you think is reasonable expectations of men of sh- men who have sex with women we'll say yeah what would you make it Raise it a little bit above, just please. Like don't a rate reasonable me. raise. Yeah, like raise it, but like, not a fantasy raise. Like right now, it's at like just please don't rate me. Um, and right, like it is you, there. Yeah, if you were going to raise it above that, what do you think? What What would you hope for? Listen to and believe me. Don't play devil's advocate. Don't argue with me about my experience. Mm-hmm. Just like be a better communicator. I guess that, but that is feels like it is asking a lot. The communicator one feels the yeah, tough one there. Have empathy feels like asking a lot as well. I feel like dudes need some tangible shit. There's so, there's a club. There's there are dudes who are just like the Andrew Tate's, not getting them. But there's some dudes who are just like they just want some tangible shit. And so if you say like don't play devil's advocate, that's a great one. Be like, dude, not usually that hot. You want to debate Star Wars prequels? All right. Let's not debate like, okay, but like, was that actually sexual assault? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, um, I'm trying to think like I, I would love someone who checked in, like ask me, is this okay? Do you like this? Mm-hmm. Because I get asked a lot, what do you like? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been given the like space to experiment. I haven't ha- been with someone who's, had like patience um and like i feel like you're asking more to show off or to like i just want someone to want to figure it out with me and who wants me to just feel comfortable and who's asking me do you like this so that i so it can be like more of a discussion as opposed to like me giving you a checklist that i haven't written yet and affirmations like yes i like that thing that you're doing and so you get to feel good about it as opposed to i like that thing you're doing and you're happy that it makes me feel good whatever it is yeah and and gives me like an opportunity to say yes i like this no i don't like this mm-hmm. so it's not just on me to say ow or to say no where it's like a more of a conversation and a dialogue, which I think can be really hot. But I've been discouraged so much from having communication in bed. And like I like my last boyfriend from 2010, he hated that I laughed. He wanted me to take it seriously. And I was like, but the laughing sex? is yeah, but I was like, laughing is my pleasure. And it is I'm having fun and I want to express that. And he, and I, it was just another form of someone saying, don't express yourself how you want to express yourself. Mm-hmm. And like just giving me more and more limitations. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I also, I hope men can appreciate hair. What is the big <laughs> deal? Why is it disgusting? You have it all over yourself. I mean. <laughs> Shaving was invented by Gillette to sell razors when men were at war. And they made women's hair a stigma and disgusting and a sign of mental illness just so they could keep making money. And it's like, who are you shaving for? All the men are at war. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, you have to feel bad about yourself. Well, me with the, look, I, I'm someone who has like progressed on body hair on like chicks and femmes that I, I sleep with. Cause I remember I used to be like, I knew I was always like 
the leg hair thing wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it was rare that I ever like m- met someone who had maybe more leg hair than me. But like, I went to NYU. <laughs> Say no more. Right. Okay. So, but I was always kind of like not a big deal. But I, I remember I used to think like armpit hair was going to be like a deal breaker. <laughs> Those deal breakers aren't necessarily always deal breakers. The one I will still say I have is that like I just and I don't. It, it's not always relevant because I'm not always going to see it. But like I prefer to not for a long period of time have sex with someone who has a hairier asshole than me. And like I do typically keep that shit like taken care of. Because, hey, you never know when you're going to get lucky back there. So I'm like, I always want to be prepared. And so if Do I you go- shave. Yeah. And that doesn't hurt. Oh. And I don't even have anything special. What's now? Okay. You're going to have to teach this. So sometimes you think like, oh, he sounds like this. And then sometimes I look like my jet spanner or sometimes I am my jet spanner. Um, I'm just like a sports walking sports jersey. What does exfoliate mean? Okay. So exfoliating is great after you've shaved or waxed because it's getting rid of the, of the skin debris Uh that's like growing over the hair follicle that makes you, um, have ingrown hairs or pimples. Okay. And it just, it's so smooth. It's just like you can get like an exfoliant in a, in like a. Is it like a? It comes gel? in a bottle, or you can get like a glove, like an exfoliant glove oh. that you just wipe in your cracker on your legs, and it actually feels great. Okay. Your skin is gonna feel so smooth afterwards, and you're not gonna deal with any of the pain of ingrown hairs. So I never get that with like the crack hole area. That area has never been, but but I do. Also, when I'm doing this, I also usually give a once over on like the big cheek area. I don't like like the back or the upper back thigh. I don't like hair on me, but like, so I do that. That's where I'll get like either little pimples or ingrown hair. So it sounds like I you got to get like, a glove. I'd get a glove. I, I like, I'm, I, I'm going to write this down when I edit. Um, you might have, you might have changed my butt cheeks forever. It's, it feels <laughs> amazing. It's great. Okay. And I only got it because I just get, I have really sensitive skin. Sure. So anytime I remove any hair from my body, it's a week of itchiness and redness. And the only way to combat it is exfoliating. And now I'm obsessed. Like you'll start with your crack. You'll do the whole body. It feels so good. Billy, you're going to be exfoliating all over yourself. You're going to start jerking off with that glove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well Eliza, before we go we we do need to uh you know mention the book you've, you've alluded to things that are in it but do do tell us what is hysterical about i read the intro it seems intense it's very intense but it's very funny yes because you're a humorist which is uh i'm funny but not on a stage <laughs> i'm actually very funny on a stage do you, do, you do, don't do, know me well i don't know i don't i, I hear humorist i think that's like new yorker essay oh, no, so I, I just do, don't i do it all what do you do um i mean i've done improv sketch storytelling i don't do stand-up because i'm not that brave but i love being on a stage i host a ton of literary events i love oh. to do literary readings that are funny okay i teach humor writing and I've written a lot of jokes for TV. That's and uh, yeah, so I'm By the way, qualified. you're also a great podcast guy. Like, I'm Thank surprised you. you're not on more podcasts because, like, you, I mean, I know you have your, your trauma. And my trauma. But, <laughs> but you're, you, this was very fun. Like I said, it like, I, I could keep, I, we're at like almost 120 and I wouldn't have known it. 
I know I'm having a lot of fun. I love to talk. Um, I had a three hour interview the other day. Oh, sick. It's like we could just keep going because so, <laughs> I'm used to teaching for two to three hours sure. so I can keep the conversation going. It's not just me. You're yeah. also great. Oh, stop. thank you. No, I mean, <laughs> some, some listeners here like three hour interview. Jesus, what is this, Rogan? Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, I think some of this is going to go uh, on the on the Patreon behind the paywall, uh, but not not this part right here where. Uh, we, we want to hear more about the book. Tell, tell us a little bit what it is. So, yeah, it's really dark. A lot of fucked up shit in it. Um, but funny, f- funny throughout um, to make it go down easier. So it's about uh, one of the plot lines is I was sick for two years with a mm-hmm. mysterious illness and had seen over 20 medical professionals and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And um, I was experiencing what is now known as medical gaslighting. And women's bodies are just unfathomable because we don't like them. They're gross. We don't want to study them. They're confusing. Ick. Um, then I had to do a deep dive into how I got to this sickness because it wasn't just catching monkeypox or something like that. It was um, from years of living as a woman growing up as a girl. Uh, so I go back to the beginning and how I lost my voice. Um, how I distorted my voice to try to sound more like men so people would listen to me and respect me, which is what women have been doing forever. Margaret Thatcher is really well known for doing that. Um, the Thanos chick, Theranos chick. Yes, Elizabeth Holmes. Um, <laughs> and how I silenced myself and was overtly silenced, how I never learned how to say no. I could only say yes in a thousand different languages because that's hot. Um, and it ended all of that, all of being socialized as a woman ended up being a part of my sickness and a part of, um, what would make me better was learning how to reclaim my authentic voice. Mm. I got a lot of rape jokes in there, as I said. <laughs> nice. No, okay. <laughs> like, like it's a, it's a red flag if like that's the selling point for someone on the book. Like, I wasn't sure. Rape joke? Okay, I'll show up. <laughs> I'll pre-order. I try to make it funny uh, for everyone. I don't know if you're my target audience. Um, I, you know what? I might be, but I know I don't look it. I know I mean, what this looks like. <laughs> yeah, you don't look like the right the reader I had in mind as I was writing the book. But it's, <laughs> I would be so overjoyed. It would be like a huge uh, moment of success for me if men like you did read the book. Because hmm. I would change your lives, which would end up changing my life and other people who live as women that's how we change the culture right yeah expose more of the the dudes at the jets game to a little bit just a little bit of that sprinkle of it just enough if everyone changes just like a point one percent that ends up being like a real big massive shift i think yeah or someone realizes something they didn't know and i loaded it with so much research because it took me 11 years to write so um i got 11 years worth of research in there mm-hmm. because um we don't believe women's opinions so i back it up with a lot of interesting Studies done by men. (laughs) All studies done by men. (laughs) That was a huge problem because I tried to quote and source non-cis men and it was almost impossible. It was, I could do it. It took a lot of hard work. Um, but it was like, I wanted to write a book without the cis male voice. Impossible. Impossible. Even though we can write without a woman's voice naturally and anything literally anything need not have that shrill voice 
Well, Alyssa, um, you know, obviously, I'm assuming they can get hysterical wherever they like to get books. I'll have a link in the show notes. But where can they go to follow you and and more of what you do as a humorist? Thank you for asking. Um, I have a website, which is my first name and last name dot com, com. I have a lot of photos of myself on that website. You're welcome in advance. (laughs) Um, I do social media and it's always my first and my last name on all the social media sites. Oh, here's a tagline for my book that I just remembered. She remembers that she grabs the copy. To, you, I was like, is to, the I'm not gonna let her, on this? I'm not going to let her lie to you. I got your back, everybody. It's not on here. It's on my website. It's such a good tagline. It took me so long. Uh, Would you like me to pull it up? Yes, please. Hysterical is a memoir of a voice about how a woman's voice develops or doesn't in a culture where men talk and women shut up. The expectation of a woman's silence made me sick. Incredible, right? Incredible. Thank you. Yes. I say that as a man (laughs) who talks a lot for a living and won't shut up. Uh, But I appreciate you coming on and not shutting up with me. Thank you. Yeah, this was really fun. And, uh, you know, why don't you... Patreon people, I think I got something special for you dropping tomorrow. There's just too much gold in here for everyone to get for free. I think I'm going to talk about our stances on comedy, like Dave Chappelle. Ooh, spicy. Uh, So $5 and up, folks. You'll get that tomorrow. But for now, Alyssa, this was great. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) She says confusedly. (laughs) Uh, This was great, and I really appreciate you talking to me. And with that, uh, I have added an exfoliate glove on my Amazon wish list, which, just to softly remind everyone, Amazon wish list, there's always a link in the show notes, or you can also go to manwhorepod.com slash thank you. Folks... Hang tight real quick. If that was not entertaining enough and you're like, oh, I was about to go. This is no more fun. Hold on. I've got more fun for you. I'm going to throw down a little teaser with me and Alyssa in our bonus episode at the end of this little bit. Just let me announce just a few housekeeping things and I'll give you one more piece of fun at the very end. I promise. Just hang tight real quick. Folks, if you have comments or questions about this week's episode, if you need some advice, if you want to yell at me, about something, you can always shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. And like I said before, head on over to manwhorepod.com, get on the mailing list. You don't want to miss out when there's a naked comedy show and the tickets sell out because you waited. Okay, don't don't sleep on this shit. Give me your email addresses. Only if you want. But if you want to say something about this week's episode, if you want to interact with your fellow fan whores about the topics we discussed today. Head on over to the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. Yes, I'm always pushing the Champagne Room because the Champagne Room is the online community you didn't know you needed. You need this shit in your life, okay? Where else can you go to talk about gaming, sex toy recommendations, kink, and movies? Typically all in their respective channels. But yeah, the Champagne Room is an amazing sex-positive online community, and you can join us there for free. Introduce yourself today and connect with hundreds and hundreds of fan whores at manwhorepod.com slash discord. As always, the best way you can support me and the Man Whore Podcast and what we're doing here is on Patreon. And you can become a member of my fan whore community at patreon.com slash manwhorepodcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash manwhorepodcast. I don't know what that melody is. 
But I hope to see y'all next Thursday at Hot Movie Night. Go get yourself boosted. I know I am. So I can stay slutty. They just see one green light and they think it's straight green lights ahead. But traffic lights change color yeah. sometimes. <laughs> they do. And like they go to red, but hey, sometimes they then when they go to red, they can go back to green. Yeah, but then but then there's like this mentality, but it's like, but I got a green one. Ergo. Because they're thinking about it. I want again to, to see this is what I was writing about before I, this is what you inspired me to write about Thank you. before I got here on the wall, but it was just like the idea of I'm getting I'm trying to get the consent, not because I want to not rape somebody. I want I want or I'm getting the consent, not because I don't want to rape someone and get yelled at. I want to get the consent so I don't rape someone to I so I don't get yelled at and so I can get the thing I want, which is I want to come inside a human body.